0: Hello, for Sober Chicks podcast listeners. We are Heather, Meredith, Dana, and Tracy, four women recovering out loud. We gather here from around the world to discuss all things related to alcohol addiction, sobriety, and various paths to recovery. We get real about the highs, the lows, and the amazing reality of living a sober life. This podcast is a creative collaboration by women, for women, and for anyone who supports women.
1: Hello, everybody. Tracy here from Four Sober Chick, and I am so excited about today's guest. I have the very beautiful, amazing, and very, very cool Kim from Sober is the new cool. Hi, Kim. How are you?
2: I'm great, and thank you. Thank you for having me on on your podcast. I just love you guys.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your time today. I'm so excited to introduce you to our audience and Meredith, Heather, and Dana. I'm gonna start by just reading your portfolio. Um, Kim's journey began in 2013 when she decided to make the commitment to stop drinking for three months in order to support her son, Matthew, who had been diagnosed with epilepsy. Sober is the New Cool was created as she quickly realized the social pressures surrounding not only herself, but what her son would encounter. She then created social clubs on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. She used Instagram to extend love, compassion, and support, Facebook by collaborating with other support groups to foster a sense of community, and LinkedIn using her story to bring people together around the globe in order for them to have the best outcome. Kim has been referred to as the matriarch of the sober community and plans to continue this journey by empowering others to improve one's well-being. Not only has Kim made an impact internationally with her strong positive footprint, but she has made joined a local group of women called Les Femmes de Quebec. In closing, Kim's industrious mindset has led her to donate part of the proceeds to a foundation based in Montreal, Quebec called the Douglas Foundation. Thank you so much, Kim. And you are joining us today from Canada, is that correct? Yes, I am, Montreal. Wonderful. So if you don't mind, just maybe tell us a little bit about your story.
2: Well, so basically in 2013, my son Matthew got epilepsy. And from one day to the next, obviously our our life turned upside down. The first year we had 11 grand mal seizures. And in that time, the first few months, they put him on medication. And at that point, we knew alcohol would be not an uh, possibility for him or he could have one or two drinks which I don't know any teenager that's going to have one or two drinks so uh, once his medication got um, prescribed and we thought he was doing better I would say to him you have to start going out and being with your friends again Matthew and um, he call me 30 minutes 40 minutes after he'd get there and he said I don't fit in and I said okay this just doesn't make sense you don't need booze to have fun and as I said it, well I had the biggest glass of wine in my hand and for some reason at that moment it was like a truck hit me and I said okay I'm going to stop drinking for three months and before that I there was no way I was going to ever do that I don't know why I was like I didn't think I had a problem my my life looking from the outside in was pretty okay you know the class mom doing cancer benefits uh, you know basically you know all the kids in my house for both boys and um so after three months he said see now mom you could be like everybody else and start drinking again So i said no okay i'll do another three months and at that point that's when i realized how really hard it was socially people were saying to me you don't have a problem stop this just come in a corner we're gonna have a drink with you nobody will know and I thought, wow, it's this hard for me at fifty-two because that's what the how uh, old I was at the time. I said, imagine a fourteen-year-old boy. This is not going to be a good way for him to live his life. So my sister created so was the new pool, and it was basically done in a kitchen, um, just for him to have and a way because he didn't want to talk about his epilepsy. He wanted to be like everybody else. And the first year we went back and forth to the hospital because he did try to transmit his medication. And then we ended up in an ambulance and off we go. So after about six months, I just realized, wow, I feel so much better. I'm exercising, I'm meditating for the first time. I have a positivity that I, I mean, I always thought I was positive, but I was basically living half a life as opposed to living a full life. And um, we just put it on Facebook and we were just getting bombarded with questions from young women, mostly from the UK. And that's when I realized, you know, mental health and addiction are, for me, go hand in hand. And because of my son being, you know, having football taken away from him, every sport in the world, of course he was depressed. So I just started talking about mental health An addiction, the more I spoke to people, that just seemed to be the the alcohol or the drugs were really just a band-aid of something that they were feeling or didn't want to feel. And that January 12th this year was 10 years, and I've never had another drink. And we just, you know, it it never really was supposed to do this. It was supposed to be just for my son, and it's turned into just a wonderful. I mean, I found a passion I never thought I would. And I've met most, like you, Tracy, I've met people from all over the world. And the connection we have is incredible. Doesn't matter if they're in California or in South Africa, no matter where in the world. I When somebody needs help, it seems I know somebody there that knows somebody that can help. I don't pretend to be a doctor. I don't pretend to be a therapist. just connecting and but for me it's all about kindness and really really checking in with people every single day because everybody can do that everybody can check in with one person and light up somebody's life every single day so here we are and you know sometimes I've thought okay I'm not doing enough I'm not making enough of an impact and then something gets Starts. and then this year they asked me to do fashion week in new york to pass a law called daniel's law and at first i said no i'm 62 i'm not six foot tall i'm not you know all the insecurities came back i'm not slim enough i'm not young enough and then i thought for all the young women if that could happen to me to be asked to do that the possibilities are endless in life so i did it for that but i have to tell you that was very hard because that little voice even after 10 years, I was like, if only I had a little martini. It would be so much easier to walk down that runway. And, you know, it, I didn't, obviously, but it just goes to show you, it's, it's, it's always there. And, you know, the law is going to be passed in New York and Daniel's law is basically, a therapist will arrive on scene. So it's not just an ambulance or the police to deescalate the situation. And that can't be anything but good. And so people ask me to do things and I just say yes all the time. And that's where I am now. And I love I love meeting people and it's just wonderful. And my son is now also five month, five years seizure-free. So 10 years uh, alcohol-free for me and five years seizure-free for him. So it's, And he doesn't touch a drop anymore. That's, that's over. So mm. we're just... And every day is a new day. We meet new people and we just try and help. You know, now I have Sober is the new cool ambassadors around the world. So if people are in England or here or there, they can meet up to go to events or go to meetings together or yoga, whatever. You know, I'm a non-judgment kind of girl. It's Whatever makes you happy and gets you through the day, I'm all for it. And that's it.
1: Wow, Kim! What an inspiration. I mean, on so many levels. Um, first, for people in recovery, absolutely. But as a mom, I mean, right? You, you, you saw your son struggling. You saw that he had to change uh, his lifestyle and his life, and and you you continue to lead. And as a mother, and 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 you led in in your own sobriety and choosing and and making it cool. For him and and in return, you now have done it for so many people. And like you, we share a very similar story. you know I found my creativity again in sobriety. I've always been this positive person but when sober I'm just like, you know it's 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 easier to be positive. It's easier to be grateful for things. It's easier to spread that love and to feel that love and then to give it back. And that's what I found so magnetizing about you and your brand and your Instagram page, because that's how we met. So um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, because you have created and established a brand for me. Like when I see your picture or, or post by you, I know it's sober is the new cool. And I know how hard and difficult that is as well. So tell me a little bit about, you know, why you chose the white and the black. And then, I mean, you're so, Yeah, so just tell me a little bit about that and how that kind of formalized. Is it trademarked and all that
3: fun stuff?
2: Well, it is trademarked. Don't ask me why I even did that from the beginning, but I did. So it's trademarked in Canada and the US and and Europe. The problem, I guess, it wasn't really a problem. I started it and the t-shirt was basically to give people like an armor, like to say, okay, in my day, it was champagne and cocaine, the t shirt It was pretty cool in the 80s. And um, so I said, no, 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 that just doesn't work anymore. And it was more to create like a sense of no more shame. And when I started and I said to people, okay, I'm going to do this. It's going to be called sober, the and cool. I was laughed at just about everywhere 10 or 11 years ago. They just said, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You cannot say sober and cool in the same sentence. And you know, here I am 10 years now, and so who's laughing now? I guess I am, right? And and for the young people and the mothers and fathers that decide to wear this T-shirt, they really do say whether they're getting on a plane, they don't go to the bar or if they go to the bar before, wearing a sober is a new cool T-shirt, you're, it's not gonna help you order a drink, right? You're gonna be more apt to stay sober. And I think that, For a lot of people, when they send me their picture, it's incredible the way their face. Well, first of all, when anybody gets sober, the the sober glow that happens is, you know, across the globe. I don't care who you are, how old you are, you look so much better. And I think the T-shirt, just when they put it on and they smile, they just seem to have found that sense of pride back. And I think they start to remember, you know, for me, at least when I meet women or or men, I do the I am exercise where I send them a word every morning and every night after I am. Because I did this with my son. So that he'd wake up to a positive word and go to bed with a positive thought. And then I asked them to send me back another word about themselves. And one young woman, she's a nurse um she had said okay I want to do the I am with you so we did we started and we got to the point where she wrote I am hard working I said no 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 I said you're dedicated and the difference in her face it means the same thing right but she was a nurse it was during COVID it like her whole face was like glowing after that so words are powerful and I think By rebuilding the self-esteem, that's what sober is the new cool is all about really. Anybody who says they're an ambassador for me, the minute I see any kind of um, negativity or judgment, they're gone. I just can't have that. I think no matter, you know, it's a struggle for a lot of people and for a lot of people to maintain their sobriety is hard enough. And they have enough issues with themselves. We don't need to add to it. So that's my number one. And so with the new cool, is just like, you know, we have people like, you know, in California, uh, some movie stars that wear our brand and they, you know, I have one that was walking in Tiffany's. And I thought, wow, a, a sweatshirt, so it's the new cool in Tiffany's, that looks pretty cool, right? So a lot more people are talking about it now than they were 10 years ago. Which is nice because it's all about wellness, also. And mm. I think um, the stigma is changing, but very slowly. So for me, I wasn't wearing my my t shirt as much as I was, should have been. And during COVID, obviously, you know, everyone was home. And now I've been wearing it a lot more. And I have like you know bags to put the groceries in with sobers and new clothes, and it's incredible wherever I am. I'm stopped in airports. I'm stopped at the grocery store. There's somebody that knows somebody that needs
4: something. So, so, so is- I'll I'll jump in here. So I'm right behind you. I just saw. Or March will be ten years for me. Wow. Um, so I'm I'm right there with you. But you were talking about ten years ago the stigma around saying sobriety and. Choosing not to drink alcohol and the social pressures, I feel like that was one of the biggest, like, yeah, like when it came to cravings and all that internal personal stuff, like that was hard, but I think the hardest aspect of it at that time was I was the weird one because I labeled myself with a problem and people didn't do that back then. They were like, oh, this is, I mean, because it is so socially acceptable, it is encouraged, especially as a mom, um, to where I feel like a lot of moms this day and age, we all have our stories, but there's the underlying, I'm a mom and I really am doing a lot of this for for my kids. And that was me. I <laughs> I drank because of my kids, but I got <laughs> sober because of my kids. Um, So back then I did it alone. I didn't go to AA. I didn't go to any group meetings. I had the mentality of, I got myself into this by myself. I have to get it. I have to get it out of it by myself. But then the big, I think thing for me was the amount of good friendships that I thought I had, like the do or dies were simply based on the fact that we all liked to drink and that was so hard for me that external consequence really of me deciding to better myself had so much like emotional impact on me because not a lot of people were doing it and even this day when yes sobriety and and choosing not to drink of all ages is is starting to kind of become a thing, I will still go places and people are, my their mind is blown that I do not drink alcohol. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, I thought you haven't gotten the memo. Like this is starting to be a real, a real thing happening, but you know, kudos to you, you know, and I do have to give myself a pat on the back for doing it when I did, because it was not, socially accepted at all. And um that holds a lot of people back. It is a lot of people are real concerned with what other people think. Um and it's yeah, it's just one of those things that I think a lot of people are like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna quit drinking, but they don't understand a lot of the um kind of the different life decisions that come with that. I think too Right now, I don't. I used
2: to get kind of like tongue twisted, and I didn't. I would st- st- tell the story about Matthew, kind of like I used him, he used me, kind of thing. And now I'm much different about it. I just say, you know, I don't drink. And then they say, well, why not? And I go, well, why do you drink? Why do you drink? And so I kind of turn it around without being aggressive because I don't quite understand still why they feel so threatened by the fact that I don't drink. I don't get it. I don't, you know, it's the same thing about food. Or, or, and I, I always bring that up. Like if I don't eat the same thing as you, it doesn't bother you. But I still find that there's, this. I think most of the time the people that are affected by it is because they are questioning their own lives and their own sobriety. And so I've learned to say, when they say, you're one of those, because I've had people say that. Uh, about my t-shirt I go yeah well I guess you're one of them and I just kind of smile and walk away I think the white hair and being 62 get lets me get away with things <laughs> a lot easier than if I was 30 and you know I think also the fact that for a lot of the young people that I do deal with I'm not their mother so it's much easier for them to see me as a mother figure without Uh, That judgment, or even if I do not play their game and and I'm a bit, not harsh, but strict and, and, you know, tell them that what it is, it's easier for them to take from me than from their own parents. So, but it's hard. I think for those young women that I see and young men and young families that are really trying hard, the world is making it hard for them not to succeed.
0: Well, I love everything that you've said. I'm so glad that you're here and talking with us. And for me, community is an essential part of recovery. I am uh, I am part of a twelve step community, but I also am part of She Recovers as well. Um, and I think that um, recovery community is essential. And so I love that this is another one that you created. You saw this this need. So share with us about this community and what that looks like. You've mentioned ambassadors that are around the world, and um, tell us a little bit more about what what Sober is the new cool kind of does as a community.
2: So basically, I don't know. I, I'm you know I'm Catholic. I've always believed in God, but not super religious by any means or anything. But I have to say, every time I open my phone or my computer or my iPad, there's a message from somewhere somehow that. Reminds me to call somebody or get somebody to check in on somebody. So I feel that there is some com- some kind of divine intervention somewhere because it's impossible for. Because everybody always says, "How did you know I was so low today?" or "How did you know somebody needed to check up on me?" And I really feel that um, every time I know somebody knows somebody in their area, whether and I use WhatsApp, so I speak to people. I speak to a few young women in London almost every single day. And I prefer doing it face-to-face because I feel that a lot of times uh, these young people seclude themselves, especially when they start to get down or, or you know, have drank or have made a mistake or are or, or going through different times. You know, young mothers, I know, like me as a mother, I'd finish homework with one, it was okay. The other one, I'd like be pulling out my hair at 4.30. It was like, you know, get that bottle of wine. So then I tell them to put those I Am stickers in their spice rack. So when they start to make dinner, all those little post-its will remind them of who they are. So basically for me, I try to use Instagram as much as possible. I try to use anybody and everybody. I talk about it to anybody and everybody. And it just seems to work it seems honestly not too long ago there was someone who saw my story on a podcast i believe and they were in south africa and i said oh wait a minute and she was trying to help her son i said i know a young man that's not you know under 30 he might and sure enough it's taken three times but that young man is now on his way so hopefully we just keep going so i don't know really how it's worked and how it keeps working. but I think I've been so blessed by the people that I meet that that community, that sense of checking in with one another is, I mean, you know, the reason why I did so, I get one young woman from uh, England suggested that I have a basket was I was getting up at like five o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning to reach out to some people that I knew needed support in England. And at 62, at one point I was getting really tired and I can't, I don't want anyone to slip through the cracks. And this young woman said, why don't you, I saw that you saw somebody going to an event and then they said, no, I'm not going because I don't know anybody. And then you went at, 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 and then we realized we were all 15 minutes apart from each other. So they all went together. I guess it's just a matter of I just keep going and people find me from I don't know where and then I connect them with other people and I think that's kind of become my rule where especially with the young women they'll say I live in Philadelphia or I'm um, in California, I'm here. Do you know some young women? I Because some do the 12-step program, some don't. Some um, feel that you know, they're a little bit embarrassed, so they need that, like, kind of kickstart to be with, you know, people so that they can go out and, you know, enjoy life. There's a woman I met, she's, like, so amazing. I talk about her all the time. You must meet her. Her name is Eve Goldberg. She started something called Big Vision in New York City. Unfortunately, she lost her son um, eight years ago, and instead of just going away and she started this thing called Big Vision and everything is free for young um, men and women from the age of 17. And she teaches them how to reintegrate into society. We're playing mini putt, we're running on the Hudson River, uh, jumping on a trampoline, by journaling, by... It's like the women and men I have met in this world are unbelievable. And she's one of them that is by far, I mean, and I had the the great pleasure of meeting her in New York City when I was there in February. And I have to tell you, the tears were just strolling down my face. because It was like a dream come true because she really is so powerful yet so soft and gentle with the way she, and she gives back. She's helping save other children, mother's children and have to love her more, you know? And I think that's exactly what we're all about. And I think I talk about her brand and her vision because I think we should all be doing that. We should all be empowering each other's
0: platforms. Yeah, we build each other up. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons that we have women like yourself. You know, this is, we're going to spread the word and how everyone is kind of coming at this in a different way. And you're creating this beautiful, web of of community and recovery it like that's i just see it kind of you know one touches the other touches the other you know this touch of light or you know web or whatever but i it's it is really magical what you've created and thank you for your energy and i hope um what i guess my one last question then i'll hand it off to dana is like what do you do to refill your energy well i started
2: running. Um I I try to exercise every day. Um and I do meditate. I'm not the greatest at it because I'm kind of a zoomy zoomy kind of kind of like to sit still is hard for me, still. But um, you know what? I think that every time I see a young person because I only found my life at 52 and I don't want people to wait till they're 62 to be able to say that they're worthy enough. I think when I see them succeed and I see them send me posts saying, oh, I haven't spoken to you in six months, but this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I just, that's the way I get, get re- re-energized because I just think, wow. Like, And like just talking about it now, I get shivers because, you know, I had one woman that was 82 that quit drinking and her grandchildren asked her to wear her silver and cool t-shirt at Christmas. And I have to tell you, I had to cry that day because it was the 24th of December and I don't know why I looked at my phone at 4.30 and she said, my grandchildren would actually like you to post my picture on Christmas Eve as they got their grandmother back. And you know, like for me, that's, I can't, there's nothing better than that. There's no gift, there's no trip, there's nothing that, you know, hearing a woman like that, it just,
3: that's my joy. That's beautiful, no, absolutely. That's beautiful yeah right,
0: we're having technical difficulties. We got okay. you, data
3: <laughs> When I call in, I get double muted <laughs> um yeah, thank you so much, Kim, for being here and and sharing your story i i am I'm curious as To how like what happened with your son and his like the coolness factor of you know going to these parties and being with his friends and I know we talked a little bit about it but I'm curious from his point of view like how this has, has affected him and his life and like was he bullied was he not was he you know, did people actually come to him and be like, "Yo, man, this is awesome, and what you're doing is so great," and like, how did that all kind of transpire for him?
2: Well, to be honest with you, it was it was much sadder for him than it was for me at the beginning because being in football, he was used to being out four nights a week with the boys, um, and you know, unfortunately, the backpack and the beer went along with that after football started. So he found a very huge hole of emptiness when this happened to him. And, um, you know, he he was really sad, not only to lose football, but to lose that sense of community, which was his, and that was his self-esteem. That was the other problem for him. He never really tried too hard at school at that time because he was so great at football. He thought that's the way he was going to live his life. And so there was a lot of changes for him, and that was hard. And I think that's why the first year there was all that trying to drink with the meds and and you know fit in and be like. And I think even now he's just turned twenty five. He's um, when there's too much alcohol around, he's there for an hour, and then he has to kind of still remove himself. It's funny that since COVID is finished and there was a a like, huge, like even though we were known around the world, Montreal all because there's a lot of French people, we weren't embraced enough until just lately. And then there was a few articles that were written about us. And now his friends um, uh, or people that he meets at a gym will say, I saw the story and I got sober for you. And even though he didn't, and I think that was a bit of the problem for him, where sober is the new cool. Was I don't have an addiction. I didn't have an addiction. Why would I wear this? I said, well, just because you're sober, you're cool, anyways. Like just, but that there was a a huge disconnect for him. And it's funny. um, A few weeks ago, somebody called him and said, "Could we buy some sweatshirts from your mother?" And I. I said, no, no, just tell them. I, I give away way too much. <laughs> you know? but I said, just tell them to come and get it. And one of their friends had just gotten out of rehab. And it was the first party that young man was going to attend. So all the friends wore sober's the new cool hoodie or t-shirt to the party. So he would not have that temptation. So that was huge for him. But it's just starting now to, you know, for him. And... It's not easy. It's not easy. Like, you know, I think the good thing is seeing those people in California. Unfortunately, everybody likes to see them when we stars wearing the stuff, right? Because then you really are cool. So I think that's helped a bit. And for him to see anything is possible makes him know well now anything is possible for him. And he doesn't need alcohol to have that, you know? But it's still a learning It's hard at 25, the weddings are happening, the parties, you know, and and then when COVID ended, everybody kind of went wild, right? Like everybody was at a tarasque and then if the summer is out, the sun is out, everybody wants to go drinking. And, you know, unfortunately, when he does go out, he's
3: the first one to leave, but
2: so I'm on.
3: So that's okay, right? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's it's always interesting to hear it from that point of view, because that's how it all started really, right, is, is for him. So thank you for that.
1: And Kim, I, you know, I love, one of the things about your story that did strike me was because it wasn't, you didn't become sober because of an addiction. And Matthew didn't either. And so it just, it does say to the world, you know, people are sober for many reasons. It's not just because you're in recovery or, I mean, and, and that's, I think amongst so many other things is what is so cool about your sobriety and Matthews as well. And, and I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to follow his story because here he's, he's, he's now 25 years old. Right. And he has friends now that are wanting you know that we the drinking with the football guys and we're drinking to do that and now they're becoming sober Yes. so whether he knows it or not <laughs> you know I mean his story is already influencing and 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 encouraging and helping others and and he'll be such a good friend and that story about the friends that wore your teeth your sweatshirts at that party oh my gosh like truly truly amazing and I do believe you know that the generations are changing I know my daughter's generation, for example, she's also 25. They don't drink like I did. You know, they do not drink like I did when I was 25 or when I was 15. Um, so it's, uh, it's remarkable. And it's remarkable what you're doing. I love that you're doing it on these platforms where there are young people um, going to. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, please keep it up. Your spirit, your energy is so amazing and such an inspiration. And you know, just thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much for for being in my life and supporting Sexy Is Sober, like you have sending me my free t shirt and um, sweatshirt. And um, just just you are truly very cool. <laughs> well, I do want I, I do want to say
2: one thing. I did realize, even though I was maybe not addicted, like. I did drink way too much and i have to own that and i want people to realize that you know whether you drink every single day or it's you know three times a week or one time I and mean, if you drink too much and it's no good for you just give it up because there's a better way you know and there's no shame to not drinking you know this whole wellness community that's happening everywhere you know it, it's it's happening people used to drink and drive i mean i know i did my kids don't so It is changing, it's slow, but it is changing. And hopefully, um, you know, people will realize that there's no reason why they have to explain their choices of why they drink or why they don't.
1: I love it. All right, Kim, tell our audience where they can find you.
2: So I'm on Instagram at sober, with a dot in between each word is the new cool. Facebook, same thing, sober is the new cool. LinkedIn, it's under Kim Ballas. unfortunately, my name. Um, and I, I don't do Twitter. Um, I, you know, those are basically the two places. And I have a website, sober is the new cool.CA And, um, you know, we are here and, you know, you just need to reach out because honestly, somehow, some way, um, you'll get what you need.
1: Well, we got what we needed today, Kim, and so to our audience, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Bye. You, uh, Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best on your sober adventures. For more information and details on upcoming episodes, check us out on YouTube or Instagram at 4soberchicks. That's number 4 sober Chicks. We welcome your feedback and look forward to being with you on the next episode.